Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert. On this channel we talk yay. And today was one for the record books as yay is going through a storm of cancellations. The biggest being Adidas. People are waiting for... No pun intended, the other shoe to drop with Adidas uh, finally breaking ties with Ye after increased demands from the public. And they have this statement here, and there's a little bit to get into. You can see we have a number of tabs. We're going to be looking through some of the fallout from today. Also, some of the kind of interesting details of it. Like right here, we have the patents and designs from Adidas and seeing some of the ownership. So Adidas's comments, uh, which came out really early, the first rumor Bloomberg had like a soft confirmation around 2 a.m. And then at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., Adidas officially like hit the world with the statements. So it says they do not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Ye's recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness. After a thorough review, the company has taken the decision to terminate the partnership with Ye immediately, end production of Yeezy branded products, and stop all payments to Ye and his companies. So that's one of the like interesting sticking points. Ye had been talking uh, kind of vocally on Instagram about buyout talks with Adidas. And I think the initial number they gave was like 1 billion, 2 billion, something like that. And Ye was saying, it's going to cost you a lot more to buy me out. And it's going to cost you a lot more to keep me like, let me out of my contract and just like kind of let me go. So it was something that even back in September, October, he was kind of angling for. And we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But the fact that they're saying stop all payments has people wondering, does that mean that there is no buyouts? Uh, with To that end, like, did he break something in the contract that allows Adidas to say, hey, we don't have to pay you anything to end the contract because you broke this clause? Uh, where Ye might have felt comfortable that he was going to, no matter what, make some billions uh, by the termination of the contract. But maybe that just means we're stopping all payments, like we're doing the last payouts and not doing anything further to him. I don't know. The implications of that are pretty severe. But it says Adidas will stop the Adidas Yeezy business with immediate effect. This is expected to have a short-term negative impact of up to $250 million on the company's net income in 2022, given the high seasonality of the fourth quarter. So $250 million might seem low. I know that there were some people, even myself, being like, oh, that's all that it earned in the year. And it's like, no, that's just November and December. $250 million for November and December. Like You extrapolate that over the entire year and definitely what, over a billion dollars, which is wild. But it gets interesting. Adidas is the sole owner of all design rights to existing products, as well as previous and new colorways under the partnership. More information will be given as part of the company's upcoming Q3 earnings announcement on November 9th, 2022. Uh, so that means that they're the owner of all the design rights, which is something that uh, Rihar here, RH, 
um, who, you know, last time we checked in was at 1200 followers and was saying like, follow, follow, follow up to 2000. So that's great to see. But these are the design patents. And you can see here that it says applicant Adidas inventors, like yay's not listed. Um, Adidas is listed again, term 15 years. And this just kind of goes on and on. Uh, yay's name isn't really anywhere on these contracts or on these patents. So I don't know necessarily what that means in terms of like, was this the person that was working with Yeezy on behalf of Adidas? How much did Ye's team do? I mean, we saw at Cody Labs all the different like colorways and silhouettes. We've seen photos of Ye's team working on rough drafts of this. So it's interesting that like Adidas has all the copyright stuff. Um, there was something to where like Ye owned the Yeezy slides, I think it was. So it's not in any of these posts, but the Yeezy slides had his design name on it. So it seems like that might be the one that Ye actually gets to keep, which is just, <laughs> I mean, they've done well, but it's, it's definitely starting uh, from nothing when it comes to just shoe designs. And this is also something that he was calling them out about. Like, these are my designs. You can't take them. You can't steal them. What are you doing? And here they are like, saying that we own all of this and we're the sole owners of all of this and we're going to be able to like use them so it, i don't know does that mean wave runners are going to come out in three years and they'll be like hey you know a DZ? i don't know what they'll call them <laughs> some like dumb name that's a a twist on the yeezy brand but it definitely seems like they're going to come back uh, trying to sell them. So it wasn't just Adidas. Like there was a ton of fallout from today. Uh, one of the things I don't have listed here is a lot of people tied to Donda Sports uh, quits. Like Jalen Brown, Aaron Donald were just like, we're no longer associated. Uh, we're going to get to the fallouts for the basketball team. But Gap also is removing all the products and it shut down the Yeezy Gap websites. Somebody tried reaching out to the Yeezy Gap customer service and were hit with this email address. Does it exist? Or is it even monitored at this point? And people were saying that all this stuff was going to go on sale in the stores because the stores, the actual locations have these bags still so if you don't care <laughs> about any of the current controversy and you just want to get some yeezy gap you might want to run to your local gap store and see what's on clearance because it seemed like they were trying to clear out everything um but that's another fallout is that they were planning on continuing to sell things into 2023. I think it was Q1, Q2 of 2023, but they're done with that. And then Forbes immediately put out billionaire no more. Uh, Ye's anti-Semitism obliterates his net worth as Adidas cuts ties. So they valued him or gave him an evaluation now um, uh, down to 400 million. So they're saying that he went from, you know, billionaire status down to just 400 million, which 400 million is still like a lot of money. I know a lot, a lot of people are going to be like, what, 400 million, like 400 millions a ton. Oh, yeah. Adidas's stock has just like plummeted. But that's not just uh, yay. Like Nike, Adidas is down like $100 and Nike's down $70 in the year. Just like bad market overall. Um, but 400 million, if Ye's looking to reboot 
Yeezy, right? And start doing like new shoes, new products and merchandise. That 400 million is going to go fast. And the goodwill that it seemed that he had with a lot of people and companies, like uh, he had the venture capitalist, the Shervin guy come on board and Shervin was there for a week or two before leaving uh, just due to differences with Ye. And after all of this, you're going to have to wonder which venture capitalist at least like in the US is going to say like, hey, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll back you. I'm sure there's like someone that's going to be willing to do it. But the fallout f that a lot of people are going to get at this point with Ye being in the the social place that he currently is um, with it kind of being the the it thing to be seen uh, rejecting him, denying him, or even people putting pressure. We've seen that with canceled people before where they try to get a new job or they partner with somebody and people immediately reach out like, why are you doing this? I don't like this. And then the people have to back off. So even though it's 400 million, yay is yay. I don't know what investment backing he might get. And that 400 million could go like very, very quickly. I mean, he was talking that he only has 120 million liquid in his bank accounts. So that's what he said in the Lex interview uh, that came out the other day. And it's like 120 million in a bank account is also very good. Like you could put that in investments. And if you're making back 8% a year, you're making millions of dollars a year. I guess it 120 million you're making about 10 million dollars a year which is fantastic but with the life that yay has been living that's still not like all that much money and with the vision that he has for product and for these dondesteries and everything that he wants to do uh losing that billion dollar valuation losing the income from adidas and then the overhead that's going to be put into starting up any new product from just having the factories to the materials, to the inventory, to then the sales and distribution and all of that, that money's gonna burn up quick. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And Ye himself in interviews, like the Drink Champs interview at the end of 2021, he talked about how a time might come very soon where you're hearing about Ye being broke and homeless. And I think it's something that he also talked about in the second Drink Champs interview, maybe just the first. But he said, you know, that's that's fine because I know like God's going to pick me up. It'll be OK. You might remember in 2019, he did the Nebuchadnezzar opera. And the specific focus of Nebuchadnezzar was that he was a, a king who wasn't necessarily believing in God and God struck him with madness and caused Nebuchadnezzar to live in the wilderness for seven years. And after seven years, God was like, hey, are you okay now? Like, I'm going to give you back your wits and you can go back to being a king. Are you going to be cool? And Nebuchadnezzar was like, yes, very. And Nebuchadnezzar was raised back up and Ye made it in 2019 kind of about his journey from like the hospitalization through 2018 to where he was in 2019 and being like, look, I've been re-blessed by God, but it kind of plays out in the current phase of things with Ye, I think maybe being into that idea of being banished into the woods, like being stripped of everything. There's a lot of pressure with the amount of income and wealth that he had and a lot of his interviews a lot of his dialogue over the last year has kind of been geared toward giving up that money getting rid of the money being un like unburdened 
of the money and the income, even as he praised it, kind of like tossed it around, uh, used it to justify a lot of uh, his correctness over other people. So it, I feel like there's kind of a fraught relationship with the wealth as he was as ready to let it go as he was to have it. And there's something to the idea of him driving towards this and just wanting to be free of the Adidas contract, knowing that he can bet on himself, right? He's done, he's, he's gone above the odds time and time again. And there's this idea of if I lose it all, I'll just get it back. You know, I've been there before, I'll do it again. Um, but definitely, <laughs> like these companies are not making it easy. But that 120 million liquid, and he mentioned something about having to take 800,000 from Saints accounts. So it'll be, I think they'll still, there's still going to be some financial fallout from all of this. And then Lex, who did the interview, said anger, pain, resentment, and even hate are best healed through compassionate conversation, not through censor censorship and derision, uh, kind of responding to a lot of the fallout from today. Um, and a lot of people have been wondering, like, why? Like, what was the, the shoe that dropped? And I think it's just the series of interviews that Ye did. Like... The comment towards Diddy about Jewish people like sending him is what got him kicked off of Instagram. The comment about Jewish people on Twitter is what got him kicked off of Twitter. And I think if it was just like those individual comments, people are upset, but that's the end of it. Then the Drink Champs interview escalates it. And I think even after the Drink Champs interview, if he had been like done with it, had not said anything, had even just like apologized or not said anything just like uh, talked about other things for a little bit um people would have let it blow over or been like well okay and not saying that they should but i don't think the public outcry would have reached where it reached and then he did more interviews and each successive interview drew more and more attention to what he was saying and how he was saying it and we saw at the end of some of these interviews that he was aware of the fact that he was upsetting people. He was aware of the fact that he's not calling out individuals. He's calling out groups of people and was making a point to say, like, I'm hurt and I'm trying to hurt and I won't make you I won't have people apologize to me for my pain before I apologize to them. But I'm hurting. I'm upset about how. Like I've been treated, how my people have been treated, and I think this needs to be a conversation and then would double down on the negative, like hateful rhetoric in the next interview. So it's like you'd see a step forward and then two steps back and then a step forward and two steps back. But I think if any of those individual or any of those interviews had come out individually and that was it, like it was just the one interview where there was controversial things, people would debate it, discuss it, be upset about it, but ultimately like kind of move on. But the fact that he did like seven interviews in quick succession and four of them featured this anti-Semitic comments after the DEFCON tweet that the typo, like that typo is going to be something that's just discussed for a long time. It's like a, a billion dollar typo. Uh, going from DEFCON to DEFCON. 
and we see the fallout from all of that combined. I think it took all of that combined and people hearing the statements and the clips and the clips circulating for two weeks and we're at where we're at because of that. And this is something in terms of like compassionate conversation. Um, there's a man and I'm upsets me so much that I can't remember his name right now, but he's known for, I even got to interview him at one point. Uh, he's known for the fact that he converted, uh, I think it's like hundreds of members of the KKK away from being part of the group. Uh, he's a musician, a pianist, a black man, and he just befriends them through music, through conversation. He'll sit down and have very intense conversations with them where they're hateful, they're angry, but over time and over multiple conversations, he wins them over. They start to feel ridiculous, they start to feel silly, and they start to rediscover their humanity and break away from the negative stereotypes, the negative thoughts, the reality of interacting with him overshadows everything that they've been told and taught and the generalizations that have been like uh, indoctrinated into them and so lex talking about like you know compassionate conversation goes a long way um it's i think that there's like a huge point there it's just one of those things of like what platform are you giving it as it's happening and does it have to be that the compassionate conversation is always happening publicly where the hateful rhetoric is also being espoused over and over again and dog whistling to people that really want to hear it and want to use it or even to people that are getting frustrated on Ye's behalf and they may not have even cared about this conversation until two weeks ago and the way in which things have built up against Ye has only inspired people to think that he's correct and start to agree with him but even to that i would say that Ye himself has apologized multiple times and most heartfelt at the end of the lex interview and acknowledged that he has purposefully been trying to hurt people uh and like he is hurt and wanting to address it, but has lashed out in the way that he has been addressing it. And I think he he understands what he's been saying, uh, but has still said it. And it's one of those things as people try to defend it and try to say like, well, he didn't mean it this way, didn't mean it this way. He has acknowledged that he kind of did. Like he didn't feel like all the hate it's not like he's saying like i hate these people but he knows that how he's saying it is stirring up the negative emotions in others and it's not this unaware thing so it's like even if you're defending what he's trying to say it's understanding that he still said it in a way to purposefully spark the negative reaction that people have had uh, against Jewish people or say that Ye's rights about Jewish people. And that's what makes it such a complicated thing because as you're trying to have these compassionate conversations, it's still inspiring a lot of anger. And people are angry because they're upset that Ye has gotten to this position. They're upset of people like how people have reacted towards Ye and doubled down on defending him and being angry on his behalf at people and it's just like overall 
sad as somebody that's really caught in between uh it's just been like disappointing and i still think yay in some respects understood the consequences and wanted this as a situation um jason white who's head of the sunday service choir said it was a strategy dot 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 and it worked which you know there were instagram posts of yay like kind of saying you're gonna let me out of my contract one way or another like you might not like it but you're gonna let me out of the contract when he was on the drink champs interview he was purposefully prodding adidas saying i can say anti-semitic stuff and they won't drop me and there have been people on social media clipping that and being like ha look what happened they dropped you and it's like yeah I think he knew that. I think that's why he said it, because he wanted them to be like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll drop you. It's like the oldest <laughs> trick in the book. I don't think he really believed he was so untouchable. I think he wanted it to happen and was aware of what he kind of needed to do to reach that point. And there's been fallout. Like, Donda Sports is essentially, like, over. Uh, Antonio Brown, who's head of Donda Sports, released a statement saying over the past few weeks, uh, the world's reactionary and selective outrage at comments in the media made by my brother Ye have inflamed and sparked rampant conversation and reflection. I too have been able to reflect on statements that I and others in my circle have made that lack clarity in expressing my stance. The people and brands that have relentlessly profited from black ideas and black culture choose to distance themselves at a very specific time, a time that demonstrated their prioritization of certain groups over others. So uh, one of the most like vocally strong defenses of yay and one of the most eloquent things antonio brown has ever released as a statement uh, none of us in this world are free of judgment yet we live in a time where scrutiny and pessimism have driven our dialogue on cultural issues toward diatribes sensationalism and groupthink have forced people to not speak their minds and act out in fear rather than love for these reasons i stand by my dedication to freedom of speech thought and opinion um and still like the freedom of speech thing is always such a complicated point because like the idea of the freedom of speech was like you're free of government retribution like you could criticize the government and they couldn't put you in jail for it right but it doesn't mean like you have freedom of speech to say anything and like people have to be okay with it it was never about that which is why if you yell fire in a movie theater you're still arrested right the government's not going to arrest you for criticizing but it's like you can't incite the panic that it's happening um and likewise like companies don't have to work with you they don't have to be like freedom of speech i respect it but then also like variety was talking should we remove yay's music from uh streaming platforms or from just like listening and it's like what a precedent to set because the art is the art and the art isn't reflective of what's been said it's still like thoughtful thought-provoking it's works that people have honored and cherished just because people are disagreeing with where the artist is at in their personal life doesn't mean that we have to remove that art from the platforms especially when like nothing has ha like it sucks to hear the things that yay has said especially as like a, a jewish yay fan but it's not like 
murder. It's not like this legal issue that's harmed somebody or he's starting like a harmful political party and using his music as a means to like drive it. It's like punishing people that want to listen to the music, punishing the arts goes above and beyond what's necessary in the situation and is just being like an overreaction and overcorrection that once you do that with yay, where do you stop? And what's the limit, right? If you remove it, do you ever put it back? Do you just wait like a year and then put it back? It's like, oh, it's okay now. He hasn't done anything. Like, what about historical artists? Like, there's so many artists, so many artists and people's favorite artists that if you were to take out every movie that has a controversial person in it or someone that's said or done something bad, how many movies are left? How many albums are left? How many TV shows? How many like works of arts? It's startling how complicated and brilliant and awful people can be. And even people, how kind they can be to someone and how cruel they can be to somebody else. But if we start picking and choosing based on these momentary uh, backlashes, what art can and can't exist, we're going to be left with very few things of actual value. And it's a complicated thing to hold the idea of both the arts and the artist and separate them, unify them, whatever you want to do. But it's something that you have to do in like an adult society and world because the line is so subjective and so impossible to hold that it just leads to chaos the moment that you start going down that path. And I know that there's an idea of like, well, you know it when you see it. But no, <laughs> and that always can go like way, way, way too far. Uh, so I think like the least amount of overreaction is probably the best. Um, but him saying uh, none of this in this world are free from judgment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for these reasons, I stand by my dedication to freedom of speech. I actively seek to coexist in places where I may have a difference of opinion because it's diversity and thoughts that pushes humanity forward. Let me be clear. Discrimination of any kind is an injustice to all people, which is exactly why I wish to issue this statement. As the president of Donda Sports, I remain. I remain true to the mission of Donda and our amazing staff and community. I remain dedicated to helping clarify statements taken out of proportion by the media. Uh, I remain committed. I'm thinking of proportions, the rights word there. I remain committed to bringing new ideas, experiences, and designs to our world. I remain in support of the humanity that is yay. So he said that, and then this happened, uh, which was a statement regarding the participation of Donda Academy at this year's play-by-play -play classic. They just said that they feel bad that they're removing Donda Academy, but they don't want to be associated with anything related to yay, uh, because it goes against the spirit of diversity, sportsmanship, inclusion, equity, and mutual respect. Uh, and it says, it does not diminish our heartache and regret for Donda's hardworking student athletes who will lose out on the most as a result of his actions. By all accounts, they're an exemplary group of young men. Unfortunately, we cannot a good conscious host an organization founded and directed by Mr. West at our events. So that sucks for the basketball team, especially because like 
the team was such a draw to the school, I think, especially the the high school level and the opportunities that you would get being on Ye's basketball team um, are just so huge. And the fact that it's resulted in this for a couple of the kids, hopefully they have no issue like going elsewhere or hopefully they're just able to play um, like punishing them is probably like a step too far. And it still gets back to this idea of like, it was a strategy and it worked that I think at the end of the day, Ye wanted to push the envelope. He wanted to reach this point where he's making Adidas make this move because he wanted the freedom from his contracts. He worked so hard to get out of his music contracts and got out of it. And then he had the Adidas and Gap deals that he soured on very quickly and you know, we heard that the concept for the Paris Fashion Week was not the WLM shirts. It was something completely different. And then last minute, he's like, hey, I want to do this. And it just so happened that he had been talking about war, that he had been railing against the contracts with Adidas and Gap. And it seems like at the start of October, he decided, I'm making this happen. And he went with the shirts and then decided to like really double and triple down on it and got to this point. And I think he knew the consequences would be great. And I think he was okay with that and the fallout with the expectation that he believes he'll make it better, that he believes he'll do something great with this opportunity and this freedom that benefits everybody and that in the long run, it will be okay. And, you know, maybe it maybe it will be. Maybe he'll have his freedom. He'll figure out what he wants to be doing with Yeezy, with all the next steps that he's wanting to take. It'll be successful. And part of that success is going to be him changing his messaging, changing the rhetoric, coming back in the way he did in 2010 with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he makes something creatively that's undeniable, but also, you know, checks the public boxes and gets to a place where people are willing to forgive him. Because ultimately, as much as like I'm against hate speech towards any group, especially a group that I'm part of, but towards any group, like there's still room for conversation. There's still room for apology. I still believe there should be room for redemption when there haven't been laws broken, anyone like directly physically like hurt, harmed, any of that. And hopefully we get to that happy ending with all of this. Nebuchadnezzar returns to the throne in a way. Um, but right now we're at the messy part of it. And I still will say that as people try to excuse the things that Ye has said or done to be aware that he wanted to do that, like he was actively pushing buttons towards this end. So I don't think it was like completely innocent and we should be defending because things were taken out of context. They weren't as intended. I think it went down how he wanted it. It's just a question of, do you believe that he believed it to the degree? And 
does that still make it okay whether or not he said it? Does the ends justify the means, especially when the ends right now are just him getting out of his contract? Uh, we'll see what he does with that, but I think that a lot of what we've seen over this last month has been specifically for this. And, you know, we'll be... Uh, the world, I mean, people that are angry at Ye, people that are defending him, people that are just puzzled and confused and looking for answers are going to be waiting to see what he says next, you know, uh, and what it what it is, where he goes with it. Um, is it something like, let's get to work? Is it something defensive? Is it is it anything? Like, when will we get the statements? Is it on Instagram? Is it on Twitter? Is it on Parler? Is it another interview where he reacts to this? Is it on Watching the Throne? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll find out, but uh, definitely one for the record books. I didn't ex think this video would go as long as it has, but this is such a big day for all of this in terms of like yay like the history of yay that's it's definitely one that needs some like discussion and uh just putting it into perspective um yeah so that's it. Uh, weird to plug a podcast episode at the end of all of this, but if you're still focused on the music, you know, our season on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy has started. Our Dark Fantasy episode just came out today. What a time to be releasing a podcast season. It's just... Oy vey, you know? <laughs> uh, but it's the biggest deep dive I think anyone has ever done into the lyrics and meaning of dark fantasy. Um, a very long, thoughtful episode. Uh, I think a very good one. All of the episodes we've done so far, um, we're recording all of the lights tomorrow, I think are like some of the best that we've done. And I'm really excited to get deeper into the album. But you're definitely going to come away having listened to these episodes with a much uh, stronger understanding of an album that you probably already know and love and feel like you know very well. There's going to be some like nuance and aspects to it that we're going to reveal that you'll be like, damn, good job, guys. I really do like this song even more now. And you probably thought that was impossible. So uh, that's it for this video, you know. Uh, until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.